Good evening. Welcome to worship this Christmas Eve at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor and it's such a joy to be with you all as we make those final preparations to receive the Christ and the promise that is Christmas. I invite you to remain standing for the reading of the gospel story and also for our call to worship which can be found in your bulletin. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire should be enrolled in the tax list. This first enrollment occurred when Quinerius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went up from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Will you please join in our call to worship? The Lord be with you. Arise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Please be seated. Hear these words from the ancient prophet Isaiah from chapter 60. Arise, shine, your light has come. The Lord's glory has shone upon you, though darkness covers the earth and doom or gloom the nation. Lord will shine upon you. God's glory will appear over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to your dawning radiance. Lift up your eyes and look all around. Will you join me now in this responsive litany of the light also found in your bulletin? Though darkness covers the land, Though nations war, we lift our eyes to see the light. At long last, the light has come. We lift our eyes to see the light. It is in Christ, born of Mary, that the light has come. We lift our eyes to see the light. Arise, dear ones. Shine, dear ones. Your light has come. We lift our eyes to see the light. As we celebrate the birth of Christ, as we think about all that God has done for us, I am so touched and moved this past week. We had our Christmas children's musical, and it was such a blessing to hear young people who had never sung in a Christmas musical before and never really sung together before. They, they worked so hard, and as a dad, I was so proud as a pastor, I was so excited. And as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ, I was so inspired. If you want to help make ministry like this possible, I want you to know that you can always give at kernchurch.org. And we also invite our ushers to come this forward this evening as we give back to God who has blessed us and who has given the most precious of gifts. You know, it's that time of year where we tell the story again. We tell the story again that has been told many, many times before. And you know, Christmas, it means a lot to different people. 
means a lot to different family traditions. But it's in this space of worship that we live out and recreate the story of that holy night, of that blessed love that came to earth. We read the ancient texts. We sing the familiar songs. We enact a tradition that ushers in something old, but yet something oh so very new. And I love this time. This is sacred time. But it's also a a time that, that changes things for me personally. For me, this service is where time itself even changes. Up until this moment, I've been in preparation mode. Perhaps you have as well. My mind has been full of things to do to to ensure that that all the presents are wrapped and things are bought, but also to ensure that our church, that you have a blessed and successful, for whatever that means, Christmas Eve worship service. And there is much preparation that goes into this. So much so that it's hard for me to believe that Christmas is here once it's really here This afternoon, my wife and I were sitting in the living room. She said, it doesn't really feel like Christmas. I said, it never does to me until Christmas Eve. And then it is in this service where my spirit changes. I change from work mode, you know, mode where you have a task list of things that have to be done, the things that have to be complete, into something that transcends work and connects me with the holiness of the moment. I transform from time according to my calendar to time according to God's spirit. In many ways, I think that that this change in time is the same change in time that happened at that first Christmas so very long ago. The way Luke tells the story is that it began on the emperor's time. He wrote, in the days of Emperor Augustus, everyone throughout the land, had to be enrolled on the tax list. He told us who the emperor was and said when he was in charge, everyone had to go enroll in the census. And then he also tells us even further that the enrollment happened when Quirinius governed Syria. It was the emperor's time. Luke gives us the appropriate geopolitical marking, so if you are familiar with the politics of the day, you will understand the time that he is speaking of. It is a time that was literally told by the emperor and the actions of the emperor, the emperor's time. Truth be told, much of our time today is still lived on emperor's time. For example, during one month of the year, we literally live on Emperor Augustus' time for the month of August is named after him. To be more accurate, Augustus named the month of August after himself. Um, but, but, but when you go back to school in August, you go back to school in the month of Emperor Augustus. And then each of our months of the year, are named, or named by the Roman Empire and conventions there. You live your lives from appointment to appointment that is tied to a date on a calendar that was set 
by an emperor. You, you work, go on work trip to work trip, doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment, school break to school break, and on and on. And these are all dates that are set on a calendar. But then something happens in this story of Christmas, and it changes things. It changes the, the very nature of time itself. You see, the calendar may be set according to the time of the emperor, but in the Christmas story, Luke tells us that God is, is doing something new, that God is doing something perhaps strange, and this new thing that God is doing involves God breaking into your life and breaking in even to your calendar. When we read the story as Luke tells it, the angels announce this new time to lowly shepherds. A new time is not told according to who is in power in Rome or, or Washington for that matter, or by what appointment you have to make, but this new time is told by the birth of the Lord. For to you, for to you is born this day. For you is born this day. The time in the Christmas story changes from worldly time to God time. The new day that the angels proclaim is not just a new time or a new clock, but this new day is a whole new age. This new time is characterized not by the drudgery of, of business as usual or the threat of imperial power, but by the inbreaking of the heavenly realm from God on high. The song of the angels sing good news of great joy for all people. From the viewpoint of the emperor, from the viewpoint of the powers that be, it may even be treasonous time. For when the angels announce this day a child is born, this day has political dimensions. This day, this new time is a direct challenge to the imperial world that happens in those days. In those days when one world ruled, in this day there is a new Savior. This is a title formerly only reserved for the emperor. But here it's spoken of God's anointed. But in this new day that God is announcing, there is a new Savior, a new Messiah, a new royal one who will liberate all of Israel from the time of the emperor, who will liberate you as he calls you to himself. Through him the Lord will inaugurate a new reign. Another pastor, a guy by the name of Paul, he wrote much of the New Testament. He wrote about this new age that dawned in the birth of Jesus in a letter that he wrote to us and to an original audience known as Titus. He said that the grace of God has appeared. The birth of Christ, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. This new age, this new age does as the angels proclaim. This new age, this new day, this new time that, that God brings really is good news to, to all people. The turning point of everything that ever was and everything that ever will be. The point that God breaks into human history and changes, fundamentally changes time. And it occurs in one extremely understated verse. 
in Luke chapter 2, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. Paul says she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Now that doesn't sound like the, the emperor has come to town. That doesn't sound as, as if a new royal one is being born. But we are told that this day, as Mary takes her child and wraps him in bands of cloth and puts him in a feeding trough, this day all has changed. Before this verse, it was the emperor's time. It was the time that happened in those days. Now, now through the inbreaking, through the inbreaking of God with the birth of Mary's firstborn son, wrapped in bands of cloth and laid in a manger, this day has arrived. This day that is full of all that is good. Now time is not told by who was the emperor once ago, but time is measured by the very presence of God with you. And I think about the presence of God that ushers in this new time, this new age, this new life. I can't help but think of the Christmas hymn, Silent Night. This hymn was written in 1816 by a young Austrian priest named Joseph Moore, and, and he wrote it at a time when Europe was ravaged by another emperor's time, this time a guy by the name of Napoleon. In the aftermath of the Napoleonic Wars, three to four million people were killed. And at the close of this war, Moore wrote this poem, about the difference that happens when God comes in the birth of Christ. A new kind of time is created. A new kind of peace comes to your souls. Then on Christmas Eve, two years after he penned this poem, the organ in the church was destroyed by flood. Now this morning I thought um, our organ might not be destroyed, but I thought our power might perhaps be out at this time. And we'd have to figure out how to make accommodations. And, and, and when Moore's organ was destroyed by a flood and it was Christmas Eve, he, he took the poem to a nearby, a nearby organist, a guy by the name of, name of Franz Gruber, and, and asked him to compose this uh, melody for the guitar accompaniment on the night's mass. At least it's a story that I'm told, so believe it's true, you know. It's a preacher thing to do is to tell stories, but... Our tradition dictates that soon we too will sing Silent Night. Our tradition dictates that soon we will light candles and welcome the birth of the Christ child as we sing that hymn that was composed in the midst of a tumultuous war. But you know there was nothing really silent about the night surrounding the birth of Jesus. Mary was in labor not a silent act. The baby was hungry and Mary's milk had yet to come in. Not a silent act. The shepherds were watching their sheep. Not too silent. And then the angels appeared in a loud heavenly chorus and there's nothing too silent about that either. But maybe, just maybe, that's not the kind of silence that our hymn has in mind. Because in those days, 
Jesus' birth, though loud by our imagination, Jesus' birth didn't make all that much noise around the empire. Nobody really heard about the birth of Jesus, except some straggly folks in Bethlehem. There was no birth announcement in the paper, no royal proclamation that goes out through the empire of the birth of a royal child. The, no, the birth of Jesus was simply the, the unexceptional birth of another child to poor parents in some backwater town of the empire. No one in any position of power would have noticed. In this way, the birth of Jesus was quite indeed a silent one. Nobody knew, as the words of Luke's story suggest. However quiet the birth of Jesus may have been, however quiet the birth of Jesus may have been, and in accordance with the day and the time of the emperor, this quiet birth, is the pivotal moment in Luke's story. This, this quiet birth is the pivotal, pivotal moment in your story, in the story of all history that God has for you. For after this moment, time ceases to be told according to the emperor. And instead, we find that the shepherds are startled and the angels proclaim, to you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior was Christ the Lord. And it is through this day, through this time, through this time of the Lord, through the coming of Jesus to be with you, to be with me, to be with us, that as Paul wrote, that the grace of God has appeared to bring salvation to all people. In the day of the Lord, salvation has come, bringing salvation, newness, new life to you. All you have to do is receive. Let's pray. God, I thank you. I thank you for ushering in something new, something powerful, something different, something that changed the way things are and the way things ever will be. Bless each one who hears that they may follow after your way living your life. Amen. At this time, we will move into a moment of Holy Communion. We will join together in the great thanksgiving that tells the story of God's miraculous love. And you can find the responses for this in your order of worship found in the bulletin. Then following this, I will invite you to come and to taste. Taste and receive the goodness that is Jesus Christ. When you come, please know that this table is open to all who seek to follow after the way of Jesus. We have bread, and a piece of bread will be placed in your hand, and then you may take a cup and receive the blood of Christ. Following which, as you exit, you'll see two trash cans that you can place the cups in as you find your seat, and as we prepare to share in the light of Christ. There are gluten-free elements at the center as well. Tonight we give thanks to God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, who out of the darkness spoke words of life and love and breathed into creation something new. In the fullness of time, Almighty God, you gave your Son, Jesus the Christ, born of the Virgin Mary, 
who came to offer a new way of living, a new way of hope. And for this, we join the hymn of all the angels as we sing. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus the Christ. As Mary and Joseph were turned away, so would Jesus be turned away and rejected, rejected unto death. Before Jesus would die, he would meet with his followers in a room together and share a meal. And he took bread at this meal and said, Blessed Almighty God, and said, This is the blood, or this is the body of Christ. This is my body which is given for you. Eat this whenever you do in remembrance of me. And then when the supper was over, he took the cup that they were sharing and said, This is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you do in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and the cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we can be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Find room, O oh God, at your heavenly table. May we feast this day and may we feast with the saints unending. We offer this now as your church. Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. This is the body of Christ given for you. The cup of salvation poured out for you. I invite our servers to come forward at this time. There will be two stations at the floor. As you feel led, please come forward, holding your hands open to receive the bread. And then you may take a cup and drink the presence of Christ. Loving one, I thank you for this gift of Holy Communion. I pray that it nourishes each of your children with your love this day. May you help us all to receive your new time. May you help each one to receive the blessed love of Jesus the Christ. And as we prepare to light your light, may we receive your burning fire in our souls. Amen. Dear ones, you are filled with the joy because you have heard great news. We are filled with love because you've tasted the love of Christ our Lord. And we are filled with hopes that we have sung and have heard sung the songs of the angels. So now we shall share in the light. Look around and see the light. Alleluia. Alleluia to your Savior who is born. Alleluia to Christ the King. I wish you the most Merry Christmas as the light of Christ is born in your heart. May you go with this blessing this day, now, and forever. You may extinguish your candles on the way out, and there are receptacles that you can place those. May you have a very Merry Christmas. 
And if you're here tomorrow, we'll be here at 10, singing carols and telling the story all over again. Go in the love of God. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.